Happiness Isn't Brain Surgery with Doc Snipes. Each week, we record the podcast during a Facebook Live broadcast in which Doc Snipes presents information and tools to help you start living happier. Our website, DocSnipes.com, has even more resources, videos, handouts, and workbooks to help you apply what we talk about. After each podcast, the accompanying video, text, and worksheets will be published from members on DocSnipes.com. Additionally, each week we have a members-only educational group followed by a question and answer session with Doc Snipes to help you apply the tools to yourself and start living happier faster. The Doc Snipes podcast will be providing listeners and members the same tools and information Dr. Snipes gives her clients. Go to DocSnipes.com to learn more. So I'd like to welcome everybody to today's presentation of Happiness Isn't Brain Surgery with Doc Snipes. We're going to be talking about mindfulness throughout the hour today, and we're going to start out with a segment on kind of what is mindfulness and why do we care about it. We're going to differentiate between mindlessness and mindfulness. We'll explore ways that mindfulness can help you reduce emotional and physical distress and pain, improve sleep, and improve your relationships. So let's start out with what is mindlessness? Well, a lot of us tend to function on autopilot, if you will. We get up in the morning, we eat our breakfast, you know, if you eat breakfast, uh, take a shower, get ready, go to work, do your day, come home, eat dinner, watch TV, veg out for a little while, go to sleep. And we don't really think throughout the day about what we're doing. You may even get into the car when you're going to work and before you know it, you're there and because your mind was so distracted thinking about other things. So mindlessness can be thought of as autopilot or just kind of going with the flow, not really thinking about what you're doing because it's so habitual. It can also be thought of as doing what's always been done. So you get up and you eat breakfast first thing because that's what you've always done. You don't stop to think about, well, am I hungry? You you know, take a shower. You don't stop to think about if I'm, am I stinky? Well, whatever. Um, showers can't hurt anybody, but <laughs> you get the idea that a lot of things we do, we do just kind of out of habit, out of rote, whatever you want to call it. And we don't think, is this what I need right now? So some other examples of mindlessness, like I said, getting home, not even remembering the drive. I know I've been guilty of this before. I'll get in the car and I'll start thinking about all the things that I've got to do. Um, when I get to work and before I know it, I'm at work and I'm like, oh, I didn't even remember that entire drive. I hope I was, you know, obeying the speed limit and all that kind of stuff. Um, probably was because that's another thing that I do habitually um, irritate some people, but, you know, that's a whole different topic. Um, what do you do that's on autopilot that's mindless? Another thing I know I do is I eat without realizing it or when I'm not hungry. You know, if I'm bored, if I'm stressed, if I just if I walk in the door, it's one of my bad habits is I'm used to I walk in the door, I set down my stuff in the foyer, I go directly to the kitchen and I get a snack and I don't stop to think, am I hungry? It's just it's what I do. And it's a really bad habit that I have that I'm trying to break. But I know a lot of us have these similar habits. Uh, my mother used to wake up in the morning before she'd even have her feet on the ground. She'd have a cigarette in her mouth. Just habit. She didn't think, do I need a cigarette? It was just she was conscious, so she was going to light one up. Um, and other times you may be operating mindlessly when you feel like you've got a relapse that just came from out of the blue. And when I talk about relapses, remember I'm talking about 
depression, anxiety, anger, and addiction, not just addiction. Because when you have depressive episodes, you have periods of happiness, but then you can have a relapse or a recurrence of your depressive or your anxiety episode. It gets worse. You know, it kind of rises up for a little while. And we want to look at where did that come from? You didn't just wake up one morning doing everything, doing all the right things, and you wake up one morning and you're clinically depressed. Something most likely led up to that. I've never seen it just come from out of the blue. So we want to look at what happened. You know, did you start ignoring your self-care? Did you start a project at work where you just got yourself really exhausted and you weren't paying attention to what was going on? And that's what we're going to talk about in the next few slides. How did we learn mindlessness? I mean, you've already heard enough about it that you can go, well, this isn't a real healthy way to be. Well, it's not. But our society taught us that. Our society taught us to do it because I said so. Don't ask why. You know, you get up, you get dressed, you go to school or you go to work. We're not asking why. It's just because you were told to do by some authority. Suck it up. Don't feel, just do. Sometimes there are things that we don't want to do that are hard. Um, We drag our feet. We procrastinate. And we're told to just go ahead and push through it. You know, don't pay attention to what your body's telling you. You just need to put your head down and barrel through to the end. And that can lead to periods of exhaustion. It can increase anxiety, increase stress, all kinds of nasty stuff. Uh, Nobody cares. So just ignore it. Maybe you try to... Um, express to people how you're feeling and get support from other people. And you find that nobody really cares. They're so caught up in their own stuff that they're not able to be emotionally supportive. So you quit trying. So mindlessly, you just start ignoring your feelings because it's like you're not getting any support for them. You're not getting any validation or any help. And this kind of teaches you not to trust your own feelings or other people because the message you're getting is your feelings aren't important and finally the other big message that we get in in our society is it's what everybody does you do it because it's what your neighbor's doing it's what the people down the street are doing don't think about it you just you get up you go to work and you do what your boss tells you to do without questioning without you know not that i'm saying be oppositional to your boss because obviously that's a bad thing But sometimes you're going to be faced with choices that you may need to ponder and go, hang on, let's talk about this for a second. So, you know, when you're mindful, you can identify those things that may not feel quite right. And you can stop and say, hmm, let's talk about this for a second. So what is mindfulness? We've talked about what mindlessness is, that autopilot. Mindfulness is awareness in the present moment. And that means stopping, you know, just stopping right now, looking around, going, where am I? What's going on? What can I observe? What do I hear? And what am I feeling? Just, it's not necessarily meditation. It's just being aware. Think about if you're out, um, I have absolutely no sense of direction. So, you know, for me, if I go out jogging or I go out hiking on a trail and I lose the markers, I have to stop, look around, listen, try to figure out what direction the cars are, um, and figure out from all that information which direction I should go. And mindfulness is kind of the same way. It says stop stop not paying attention and start figuring out what is it that you need and that will get you closer to your goals 
in, the ver in this very moment. And that means paying attention not only to what's going on around you and the people and who's telling you to do what and what society is communicating to you, but also what's going on inside you. Inside you may be saying, I need a break or this doesn't feel right for me. And at that point, you stop and say, all right, let me figure out what the next best step is for me. On a little bit of a side note, and I'm not going to get too into temperament right now, but introverts, people who tend to get stressed out being around tons of people, is not that they're antisocial, don't get me wrong, but there are people who do better in groups of small groups, you know, two, four, six people, and they feel right at home. But when they're in big crowds, it's exhausting. So introverts find it easier to be aware of what's going on inside them. So when they're doing this mindfulness thing, they're like, yeah, I'm feeling stressed out or yada, yada, yada. But it's much harder for them to kind of get the pulse on everything that's going on around them. And not saying that they can't do it, but it's a skill they need to work on. Extroverts, on the other hand, they're people like myself. I draw energy from crowds. I love being in, around people. I love being in groups. I love the energy. Um, and I find it easier to read the crowd but I'm often not paying attention to what's going on inside me. If everybody's excited and they want to go do something, I'm like, okay, I'll go do it without checking inside and going, do I have the energy to do that? Or do I need to, you know, forego that for the moment? So mindfulness helps us transition from reacting to acting and being proactive. In the example I gave earlier, mindfulness, if somebody said, you know, everybody's having a good time, let's go out for dinner. Um, reacting would be, sure, let's go ahead and go do that. Being proactive would mean that I would stop and I would say, okay, let's think, do I have this energy to go out and do this or do I need to conserve my energy for whatever I've got going on at home or my big week ahead? So I'll encourage you to think back um, over the day yesterday and what stressful events could you have prevented? A lot of times when we look back over the day, we realize that we put ourselves in situations and caused stress that we really didn't need to if we would have just stopped and been mindful before we took that next step, before we did the automatic thing. For example, um, I really don't like driving in a lot of traffic. It, I just find it be stressful. Yesterday, I happened to leave the office right at rush hour, so I was driving in a bunch of traffic. Now, it may seem like a small stressor to you. And in the big scheme of things, it probably was. But it was a stressor that I could have prevented if I would have been mindful and said, you know what, let me wait 20 minutes and then leave to go home so I don't have to fight all of the traffic. And there are a lot of things I could have done in that 20 minutes that would have been more productive than wasting the energy on being more stressed when I was driving. Another thing we're going to talk about in future weeks is vulnerabilities, and that means anything that sets you up to be more emotionally reactive. If you didn't have enough sleep, I mean, we just had the time change, and a lot of us are kind of groggy and sluggish and trying to get back into the groove since we lost an hour of sleep, so to speak. Um, so being aware of the fact that a lot of us are having a hard time getting our groove back this week, and it'll take some time. So instead of getting frustrated that you're feeling a little bit sluggish, just say, you know what, this is my adjustment week, and figuring out what you can do a little bit differently to be kind to yourself. 
If you wake up and you're sick, if you're sleepy, if you're in pain, if you're anything that tends to make you cranky or makes you feel a little bit edgy, those are vulnerabilities because that's your body or your mind telling you, I'm already using energy over here. So let's try not to put ourselves in situations where we're going to have to exhaust more energy. So being aware of those vulnerabilities. For example, um, on a day that I wake up and I'm exhausted or cranky or just kind of in a mood, and it all happens, it happens to everybody, I might shut my door. And that tells everybody in the office that, you know what, I'm not necessarily feeling like being chatty today. I've got to get work done and, you know, I might be a little bit more cranky. Um, and by shutting my door, I prevent people from coming in and interrupting me every five minutes um, and then me turning around and biting somebody's head off. And I don't want to do that and they don't want me to do that. So one way I can accommodate my vulnerabilities is by shutting my door. If you're a stay-at-home mom, you know, one of the things that you may find is that you can't get a single moment's peace. And some days you're just like, oh my gosh, Calgon, take me away, to quote an old commercial. Um, knowing how you can get that moment's peace. What is it that you can do to adjust your day so you can get a little bit of quiet time? And it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you're going to have the best time. You may have to go hide out in the bathroom for 15 minutes and, you know, whatever you do, read a book or just hang out and get some peace and quiet. Uh, when you have little kids around the house, it doesn't mean you can just tell them to go to their rooms and amuse themselves. So you have to figure out how can you adjust your day to accommodate the fact that you're not on your A-game. Mindfulness helps us make more efficient and effective use of energy by making right decisions the first time. And uh, in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, they talk about beginning with the end in mind. So every time you get ready to make a decision, not just the big ones, but even the little ones, every time you get to make a decision, ask yourself, is this going to get me closer to my ultimate goals and where I want to be today, this week, next year, or is it going to cause me to be stuck, spin my wheels, or is it just a waste of energy? Choose your activities and spend your energy wisely. Mindfulness also encourages self-awareness and compassion. Seeking first to under, understand yourself and then to understand others. Know where you are because you, when you put yourself in a situation, are going to impact other people just like they impact you. So I'll use the example of, you know, me being cranky again. If I put myself in a situation where I'm around a lot of people and I already know I'm in a bad mood, then, you know, my negativity and my irritability might cause them to start getting negative irritable and reacting negatively back to me and it's a downward spiral from there so once you understand yourself if you are in a unhappy or an unpleasant state you can adjust that way you don't create a situation that just feeds in on that negativity mindfulness reduces inefficiency because it helps you plan and prioritize if you wake up and you go oh my gosh i'm exhausted this time change is kicking my butt then you can figure out what is it that has to get done today? What is it that I have to use my energy on? And how am I going to go about getting that done? Instead of trying to do everything you always do and then getting frustrated at the end of the day because you're either exhausted and you didn't get it all done, or maybe you got it all done, but it was all kind of slipshod. It helps you maintain awareness to prevent or mitigate discomfort. 
if you're paying attention throughout the day, you can take steps if you start to feel a headache coming on, if you start to feel like you're getting irritable or edgy, if you start to feel unhappy, you can start to take steps earlier instead of waiting until you're full-blown cranky or you've got a migraine or something else. <clears throat> it helps you balance and renew your resources, energy, and health to create a sustainable, long-term, effective lifestyle. Because mindfulness encourages you to constantly ask, all right, what do I need? right now i didn't say what do i want what do i need do i need a timeout? do i need to laugh do i need to get up and walk around the building for a second just to kind of get my blood flowing again what is it that i need and what options do i have to meet those needs in the present while still moving toward future goals you know i may kind of have a foggy head and a little bit of a headache and maybe i want to just say you know what i'm going home but I've got a lot to do, and that doesn't necessarily help me meet my goals. I might look at other options like, can I take an early lunch break? Am I dehydrated? What else can I do to try to release some of the tension that's causing my irritability? So anchored mindfulness. Before each meal, and when I say anchor, I mean it's associated with a certain time of day or a certain place that way every time you hit that time of day or place or activity you're like oh i need to do this so we're anchoring this activity i suggest on each meal because most of us eat at least twice a day um, and if you're one of those people who only eats once a day you might need to find a different anchor but i'm going to assume we're all eating our normal three meals plus snacks and yada yada anyhow Consider without judgment, and this is crucial here, without judgment. You're just stepping back. You're being a scientist. You're observing. What is your mood and why? You know, if you're happy, you know, I'm having a really good day today. I'm feeling energetic. I'm feeling optimistic um, because a lot of things are coming together. Cool. How do you feel physically and why? So, again, kind of doing a scan for me. Today, I slept wrong. My neck is really sore and kind of spasming. So that's, you know, making it a little bit harder for me to focus. I understand that. It is what it is. Is your attitude positive, ambivalent, or negative? And this is, kind of goes to your mental state. And for me today, I'm in a pretty optimistic, positive mood. So that's a good thing. And, you know, I can go list all the reasons why, but you don't really care right now. We're going to move on. How is your concentration? And one thing that I'll talk about a lot is monkey mind. And monkey mind is when your thoughts are all over the place and you're easily distractible. And today, well, most days, <laughs> I have a whole barrel of monkeys in my head. Uh, and yes, I do have monkey mind today. And, you know, I understand that that's what happens. So one of the things I do to adjust is... I write things down. I take copious notes of what I need to do so I can get back focused on whatever it was I was doing. So knowing all that, once you go through those, you say, what do I need to do now to improve the moment? You know, I am feeling how I'm feeling right now. So if I want to feel better in the next moment, what do I need to do? Do I need to take a walk? Do I need to get a snack? Do I need to... Um, have an attitude adjustment, watch some stupid cat videos on YouTube because that always makes me laugh. What is it that I need to do to improve my next moment so I can feel happier 
more relaxed and all the stuff I want to be? And what do I need to do now to adjust my current state of being? So if I'm not feeling good, what is it that I can do to help myself? And improving the moment and adjusting your current state of being are often kind of one and the same. But it's really stopping and saying, what do I need? Not what am I supposed to be doing right now, but what is it that I need right now in order to feel happier, healthier, more focused? Because you know what? When you feel all those things, then everything else is going to fall into place. You're going to be more productive. You're going to be able to interact easier with people at work or the kids at home or whatever it is. Um, I remember when I had small children at home, four o'clock, I would pick them up from preschool. They would come home and, you know, I'd be getting ready to make dinner. And between 3.30 and 4 o'clock every day, both of them would hit the wall. And it was like they lost all capacity to control themselves. And, okay, you know, it happens to a lot of kids. They, they have to be good all day long, so they're releasing some of that pent-up energy. But what was it that I needed when that happened so I didn't, you know, just completely lose it? Because I'd been focusing all day long on things. And figuring out how it was that I could work that in order to make it workable for the kids and for myself um, was a big step towards figuring out, you know, part of parenting. And for us, it meant going outside and burning off some energy, just taking 20 minutes, taking 20 minutes and letting the kids go outside and run around and burn off some energy made them a lot more calm and compliant when they were in the house if i would have kept them inside and i would have fussed at them and you know i would have gotten irritable that would have increased their stress level they would have acted out more it would have been a whole negative issue um, so figuring out what are your options that will help you achieve your goals be the person that you want to be right now so operating on autopilot causes us to push through until we've exhausted our resources or neglected to maintain balance. All work and no play, as they say. Mindfulness encourages you to constantly check your energy gauge to see what's requiring more attention and decide how to balance those demands. If you're sick, your body's going to require more resources to function, to deal with the sickness. And at least for me, when my sinuses are all stuffy and everything, I can't think straight. So I know everything's going to take more energy. So instead of expecting that I'm going to get 100% of what I normally get done done, I back it off. And I'm like, if I can get 75% of it done today, I'm golden. Mindfulness can help reduce emotional and physical distress and pain. When you're less stressed, you carry less tension in your neck and your back. You have less migraines, less belly upset. So there's a lot of physical stuff that goes along with emotional stress. And, you know, obviously, if you're paying more attention to what you need in the moment and figuring out what the options are to meet those needs, you're probably going to feel more empowered and happier. When you're not stressed, you're going to sleep better. You're going to have better quality sleep because your cortisol levels are not, like, through the roof. And in general, when you're more mindful, you're getting more sleep, you're less stressed, you're happier, your relationships tend to go better. So, you know, it's a win-win. In the next few segments, we're going to look at more specifically, how do we do this? If you want to connect with us, you can sign up with our Facebook group, DocSnipes.com slash Happiness Podcast. Um, that is obviously a group on Facebook. And 
in the next few weeks, I'm going to transition to broadcasting through that group. So if you want to attend the live presentations, you'll need to be a member of that group, I think. I think that's how Facebook Live works. We also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash education. There is a sec section for happiness isn't brain surgery. And you can also visit our website at docsnipes.com. All right, that ends our first segment. I'm going to take a little break, and then we will come back with segment number two. Thanks for tuning in to Happiness Isn't Brain Surgery with Doc Snipes. Our mission is to make practical tools for living the happiest life of... Thanks for tuning in to Happiness Isn't Brain Surgery with Doc Snipes. Our mission is to make practical tools for living the happiest life affordable and accessible to everyone. We record the podcast during a Facebook Live broadcast each week. Join us free at DocSnipes.com slash Facebook. Remember our website, DocSnipes.com, has even more resources, members-only videos, handouts, and workbooks to help you apply what we talk about. New resources are added weekly. During the first half of 2017, we're offering introductory memberships. Lock in the introductory rate of $5 per month for the Happiness Basic membership, which includes all texts, videos, and worksheets, or $14.99 per month for the Happiness Plus membership, which includes everything from the basic membership plus access to the weekly members-only educational groups and question-and-answer sessions with Doc Snipes, designed to help you start living happier, faster. If you like this podcast and want to support the work we're doing, for as little as $3.99 per month, you can become a supporter at DocSnipes.com join. Again, thank you for joining us, and let us know how we can help you.